0: Never forget old friends with better buddies. Hello and welcome back to Better Buddies, I'm your host RJ, with us this week, it's John. Yo, yo, yo. And calling in from far abroad, in distant lands and times, it's Calvin.
1: That's what you think.
0: That's what I hope, please tell us of the future.
1: It's very
0: bleak. It's bleak, oh fuck.
1: So, not much different.
2: Did the sun go out? (laughs) Uh... Not yet. Oh, well, that's something to look forward suite. to. <laughs> it, it did for a little bit, but it came back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> intermittent.
2: <laughs> I like power outages. <laughs> yeah, they, they brought the sun down for maintenance.
0: <laughs> okay. Our better buddies icebreaker this week. If you were to live your life with your body shaped like a th- 3D geometrical shape, what shape would it be?
2: An icosahedron,
1: twelve-sided. Is that an isosceles No, no, wait. <laughs> a icosahedron.
2: It's twelve-sided, right?
1: Uh, let, me... let me Google that No, for an icosahedron you. is a polyhedron with twenty faces. So that's that's the... a D twenty. D twenty.
0: Oh. So what's an i i i could dodecahedron? I said an isododecahedron? Is yeah. Well, a
1: dodecahedron would be ten-sided, right? Yeah. I, so, do I don't know that that's a thing. Oh wait, isododecahedron? I, There's and, yep. like, Uh, also. 30 identical vertices of two triangles and two pentagons meeting at each, and 60 identical edges, each is separating a triangle from a pentagon.
0: Well, that's complicated. I don't like that. I'm not
2: gonna be that. <laughs>
1: 80 triangular
2: faces.
0: What if 80. I was just a rectangle?
2: Oh, like some a, of those are pentagons. Like no, a
1: box. That, that's a Pentechus isodecahedron.
2: Oh, I'm looking at an Icosododecahedron. Wow. This is good radio. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, describe it. Well, it's got 30 faces and it has, some of them are...
0: Uh, yeah, I think I'd just be a block. Like a slightly tall rectangular block.
2: Yeah. Okay. That's fair.
0: I'm thinking a lot uh, of when Thomas was alone.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna change my answer to a cylinder, the default oh. Blender cylinder, to be exact. But
1: what's the? Wait, what's the? See... Trying to find their names. So, are I'm stupid. surprised
0: you're not doing whatever a 3D hexagon is.
1: Shut up! I'm not googling that. <laughs> <laughs> You don't know
0: me. (laughs) I know you. I was there the day you were born, and I'll be there the day you die. Uh, Because we all know Calvin thinks hexagons are the bestagons.
1: I subscribe to that religion. Don't judge me.
0: You subscribe to a religion? Ooh, Calvin, that's not good.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's called CGP Grey. Um... Because hexagons prism. are the best igons. Yeah, is it just a hexagonal prism? Probably. I think so. Hexagonal. 3D shapes are
2: kind of interesting because, like, not every face has to be the same shape.
1: Yeah, I want to be a regular yeah. one, though. Can you make a... Actually, I bet you can't make a regular Wait. hexagon prism. What's a soccer ball? Prism.
0: Isn't so, is soccer no. ball pentagon or hexagon?
1: I thought a uh, soccer ball was weird, two. Yeah. Soccer All right. ball
2: geometry. The white squares are hexagons. And <laughs> the white squares pentagon. are hexagons. The white shapes are hexagons <laughs> and the black <laughs> no, ones are polygons.
1: Um I don't think you can make yeah, what are the regular polygons? No, they're not even polygons, are they? No, are there other... What are 3 I don't
0: polygons? know. But, uh, they, I, This is diving so outside the realm of what I intended. You started it. <laughs> As with Dr. Frankenstein himself, my creation has taken on a life of its own, and I can do nothing to control
1: it. My oh, attempts to uh, kill it are in vain. The regular... The regular... Wait, one, two, three, four, five... I can't count. Like... You heard here first, folks. Hexagon... Calvin cannot count. Yeah, I can't. I don't know that a hexagon can be a regular... A, it yeah, can. it's not a platonic solid.
2: Did you guys hear about the new tessellation pattern? No, what? I did.
1: Because
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm also a nerd. <laughs> uh, I'll send you a picture, RJ. Also, good radio. <laughs> um, but it's like this this pattern that is very uh, in- interesting. What the that repeats fuck forever. is this?
1: it's a pattern that repeats forever without repeating itself
2: yep they're called einstein tiles also apparently. if you look at you the vertices wait what do you mean they don't repeat themselves i was the no, orientation yeah so the, it's the same shape but rotated in endless
0: oh so it'll never if you were to tile rotation this
1: rotation spot well if you were to tile this infinitely on a plane and you were to take a snapshot of any section, you could never find another se- section that would overlap exactly, right? Isn't that right, John? <laughs> I don't know that much about it, it. it. It's just triangles. If if you just no, they're without, very it's specific. Just triangles. No, that's because the the small gray lines aren't actually those don't actually count. You're oh. looking at the thick black. Um, then why do they have the
0: small gray lines there?
1: To help. Uh, yeah, I think it's to help you like visualize it. Also to prove that hexagons are once again the hexagon because mm. they all form hexagons. No, nope, these are triangles. Uh, mm, there's hexagons in there if you're looking. Because what do six triangles form? <laughs> what do six triangles form, RJ? What was that? Huh? Uh, huh? They form huh? six huh? triangles. Huh? What point? is uh, a triangle? What is sixth <laughs> of a hexagon? Exactly. <laughs> uh what well, a triangle is just an unfinished hexagon uh no there's a there's a Veritasium video that explains it better um i would recommend watching it that it looks
0: like bird turtles
1: bird that's what turtles. i get out of it there. there i don't see the bird i kind of see the turtle
0: i i think it's the the like the blue one right in the middle right the dark blue one right smack top middle <laughs> Where it just kind of looks like it's flying.
2: You're going to have to post this as like (laughs) a a visual aid on the Facebook page or something.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, the the audience is just going to have to guess that they have the right photo that we're talking about. (laughs) I'll post it as a sneak peek, a sneak preview.
2: Give us the alt text of what you would describe this picture as. I think he did. Bird turtles. (laughs) Bird turtles, blue okay. and white
0: and gray and blue bird turtles with lines all over the place.
2: Infinitely tileable bird turtles. It's
0: bird turtles okay. all the way down.
2: Yep. Dude, 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 dude. Yeah. Uh, this is also a tangent, but I'm, I'm all about if you, it. <laughs> if you go to the turtles all the way down Wikipedia page, uh, there's just like the funniest image. As um... Is it Yurl the turtle? No, 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 no. Um, it's the caption on the image. Um, let's see. The saying holds that the world is supported by an infinite stack of increasingly large turtles. Beneath each turtle is yet another, unlike this image, which only shows three turtles.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, because it's, so, it's, it's so good.
0: <laughs> you know, that's the kind of integrity I want in a website. You know,
2: that's, they acknowledge you know, the I
1: respect that. All right, so <laughs> I've I've got to go to the page talk about this because if you ever looked at the discussion, or no, wait, no, where is it? The edit that yeah, if you look at the edit history of a page, there'll be comments about it. Um, um, correction: this
0: image shows four turtles because the three turtles are on the back of the Earth turtle.
1: No, it's on the back of the earth. Which, which is, is a, turtle. a turtle. Yes, but you don't see that turtle.
2: So there's an intermediary. But I can Therefore, see the ground underneath the way this down. turtle,
0: which means I can see the earth turtle.
1: Oh, RJ, or, or John, he, that, that caption was just added f- November 2022, and the person's comment for it is it's a bit weird to put a clearly finite stack of turtles on an article about an infinite stack, so I made explicit mention of this discrepancy to avoid confusion.
0: (laughs) I love that. That is so wholesome. They're looking out for the reader. They're looking out for you. We need more people like that in the world.
2: (laughs) Respect,
1: honestly, yeah.
0: They're being very considerate.
1: Also, how about this person who put "removed false statement"? It is indeed possible to visually represent infinite turtles using, for example, a perspective render with an in-frame vanishing point. This particular image is just suboptimal, but not suboptimal enough to actually justify removing it without a better alternative. (laughs) Dude, Wikipedia (laughs) turtles are so optimal. That was the same guy that put the comments.
0: Wikipedia
2: editors I think pretty hard. don't fuck around. I
1: think this guy's This guy's messing with people.
2: <laughs> I have a, a friend who professionally edits Wikipedia. He's like part of a firm that does it for corporations.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah.
2: They have a lot of hoops to jump through. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot you have to do to become, like, an actual Wikipedia editor, isn't it? Like, they say, like because like it, didn't they used to say that like anybody could edit it but it's like just that's not just really true
0: right. yeah well, i think i think it is. used to be anyone could edit it and then like yeah. you get the shit where like the guy edits it so it says he's the cousin to a band and gets backstage
1: yeah and nice. i think you can i think you can somewhat do that for some like small pages because i think you can still just create a new page but there are a couple more verifications processed to it. Um,
2: there's another tangent here.
1: Yeah,
2: um, all about that it. We don't have to explore. But... but If you guys want to hear about the time I like wrote a Zelda wiki page that was just pure fan fiction, and then they tore it down. What? <laughs> within a few hours.
0: Yes. <laughs> why? Why do we not know about this
2: already? I don't know. I don't know why I never told you guys. Um, I was like 12 or 13. Okay. And I'm like, you know what? Um, And this might not make sense if you're not familiar with Zelda, but um, A Link to the Past and Twilight Princess have some similar story beats if you're like very abstract about it. Yeah. So I wrote this whole article up about how like maybe they're just the same story told in a different way. (laughs) And then some moderator was like. This is just fan fiction. (laughs) They archived it. (laughs) Like, oh. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. (laughs) So what
0: you're saying is you were ahead of your time and writing those clickbait uh, articles about video games.
2: Yeah. Nice. I wonder if I could find that.
0: It's gotta be out there somewhere.
2: I don't even remember what wiki it was
1: on.
0: Worst case scenario, there's always the Wayback Machine.
1: Brew. I actually assuming used that in hard, Assuming it scraped the, the page that day.
2: Yeah, so I don't think it may not have been up for long enough. <laughs> but uh, that was the end of my creative writing career. So.
0: <laughs> hey, you went out on a high note.
1: <laughs> yeah. The censors came down hard and they came, disillusioned
2: mm, you. Freedom of speech. Link to the past and Twilight Princess. Now I'm Googling it. <laughs> Our
0: next segment is Better Buddies Recommend, where we recommend a piece of media to enjoy.
2: Who would like to start? I can start. Yeah! Uh, my Legend of the Zelda fan fiction from <laughs> <laughs> 10 years ago. Um, no. Uh, for a series answer, um, in the last few weeks, I finally uh, got around to watching Star Wars Andor. <gasps> after being six months late to the party. Um, I still haven't seen it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I still
2: haven't either. And I agree with the general internet consensus that it was good. Nice. So nice. it was very um very much like Rogue One, where mm. you just like see the effects the Empire has on daily life for people. Um and it gets more into depth with that. But and the soundtrack's kind of a banger too. Hell yeah. Nice. All right. I would recommend.
0: How, how was Andy Circus in it? He was good. Hell yeah,
2: it's he pretty good.
1: Is he actually Andy Circus, or is he just a mocap man?
2: No, he's actually Andy Circus. No, he's, he's actually Andy Circus. His oh, yeah, character's cool. name is Kino
1: Loy. I actually really like him as just like what he just normally acts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, cause I feel, cause he's he's always known for like doing all the like awesome mocap stuff. But like honestly, some of my favorite stuff of his is just what he's just like an actual actor.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Because I actually really liked him as Alfred.
0: Yeah, I thought he was okay. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Because that was the uh, that was the latest Batman, right?
1: Yeah, I actually really liked that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember when it I've came seen out. It a
1: couple times now.
0: <laughs> I recommended it when it came out because I'd like went to watch it. And I was watching it, I just watched it through, I enjoyed it, and then I checked my phone afterwards and was like, holy fuck,
1: it's been three hours. It is a little long. Uh, the end starts to drag, but I I do really enjoy that, that one.
0: Anything else about it, no. John,
1: that you really thought was pretty good?
2: I guess nothing specific. I don't want to spoil anything, but the the beginning is slow. That is other feedback you'll hear that's common. Like the first three episodes are kind of, they kind of drag on. But once you hit episode four and beyond, like.
1: Yeah, I was was going to say, I did hear that you have to give it till episode three. Mm -hmm. Do you learn who Andor is?
2: Yeah, he's kind of the main character. Whoa! He's in Rogue One. (laughs) You already (laughs) know who he was. But does he die? Not, Not. no, because <laughs> he's said <in> Rogue One. <laughs> Spoilers for Andor. Andor doesn't die. It could be a clone. It could be a robot. That's true. It is it, Star Wars. He could be. So nice. But yeah. Um, and then if yeah, I I posted a link to you guys, but there's a very good song on the soundtrack called
1: Niamos.
0: Doesn't uh doesn't Nyamos. Mon Mothma, Mon feature feature pretty heavily.
1: Yeah. Nice. Uh, your your link just broken. Oh, fuck. UMG, hey. UMG has come for it. What? Maybe in Japan. How dare they?
2: Ha ha ha. Still works here. So uh, who goes next, John?
0: Who's recommending next?
2: Uh, uh It's been hands? a while since Kevin's been around. Sorry if I doxed you by saying Japan, too. but How, how dare you? They, now they know
1: <laughs> what country I'm in.
2: Oh no. On the entire planet. <laughs> RJ edited out.
0: That we're on planet Earth. Uh, clap.
1: Yes. clap. Clap, clap. <laughs> 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 uh you know I had something for this and now I don't. Damn. Damn.
0: You've missed what like a I... month and a half worth of me just recommending Ghibli films.
1: No, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Have you been slowly working your way through them all?
0: Yeah, through some of them. Porco Rosso is currently my fave.
1: I've still never seen that one. People say talk about it a lot. I've I gotta watch that. It's pretty good. Better Which a one? pig than a fascist. Porco Rosso,
0: where he's a pilot with a pig face, and he flies a plane around, and that's the movie.
2: I've not seen that one either.
1: Yeah. Uh. Did you get to Nausicaa? Maybe yeah,
2: Nausicaa.
1: I watched Nausicaa. And I read Nausicaa. Yeah. That was my favorite. I've never read any of them.
0: It's... The book is better. Yeah. But, uh, what do you got to recommend, Calvin?
1: No, no, let's just keep talking about Jubilee films. Um.
0: We can make RJ go first.
1: Okay, RJ, go first.
0: Okay. I am going to recommend a book I read on Sunday called Legends and Lattes.
1: <laughs> oh, I think I've heard of this. I think I've heard of this, too.
0: It's a very adorable fantasy book. Uh, Yes, I have heard of this. Yeah, because the basic idea is that a barbarian orc in a classic D&D adventuring party decides, fuck this, I'm going to go open a coffee shop. Uh, They learned what coffee was in a gnomish city and then went to another city where coffee was not... Nobody knew what the fuck a coffee was. And this orc barbarian, she starts a coffee shop from the ground up. And it's all about her running this coffee shop, and finding people to help her run the coffee shop, and the growth of this social space, and success, and there's a cool time gnome wizard guy who is a patron of the coffee shop, and speaks as though he is remembering the events, even though time is moving forward.
1: Mm. That's funny.
0: He's the Shrike. Like, at one point, (laughs) near the end of the book, he looks around at the coffee shop and is like, ah, yes! (laughs) basically how i remember it and they're like what what do you mean remember it
2: excuse me no it's wild what what and a sign we're in the good timeline um my older sister recommended that book to me before you did
1: wow Uh wow Jeez, RJ, recommending things people have already recommended? Yeah, you're
2: you're behind the times, old man. (laughs) Hey, I had,
0: like, I think I had, like, two or three people recommend it to me before I finally read it, so. But, yeah, it's very cute, very good. It's a very quick read, like, pretty simple, pretty easy. Uh, But it's really kind of engaging with the whole, like, it manages to keep it engaging with conflict without being fighting. You know? Hmm. Hmm. Plus, like, there's a Rat Man Baker. So that's pretty fun.
1: Sold. Sold.
2: Sold. <laughs> yeah,
0: he invents cinnamon rolls.
2: It's like Ratatouille, but without the human intermediary.
0: It's more like if Ratatouille was combined with the
2: fly.
1: <laughs> that's a combo. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's like ratatouille but not at all
1: um okay
0: (laughs) the rat sees
2: the scientist's experiment and
0: needs a human host in order to be able to do the cooking so he lures one into the chamber the teleportation chamber and combines with it so that he can become a rat man and go do his cooking thing
2: oh okay i don't think i actually knew what the fly was
0: oh so it's like
2: a bill from pokemon situation
0: yes the bill from pokemon is a direct reference to the fly
1: Okay. What is Bill from Pokemon?
2: He turns himself into a pickle. Funniest shit i have ever himself seen? Into, what, a Clefairy?
0: Yeah, uh... He's the guy who's in charge of, like, the Pokemon storage system, but he tries to, like, ex- in an experiment to try and extend the reach, he's trying to, like, teleport Pokemon, and he gets in one side of the teleporter, but a Pokemon got in the other, and they combined. So you have to go, and, like, he gets in one side, and you de him. For being a children's so game, the first Pokemon game had some body horror.
1: <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> really did.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's um, overall just really, really, really cute fun read. Legends and Lattes.
2: Oh, I just now realized that's a play on Dungeons & Dragons. Like yeah. the alliteration aspect.
1: Okay. Yeah.
2: Okay, Calvin. The reckoning has come
1: not the reckoning it is Uh, time i'm going to recommend a different podcast okay uh that uh, is called midnight local um i think you can find them on other on podcast places i listen to them on youtube because that's how i found the guy so there's a youtube channel called how to drink um okay which is a guy that just talks uh, who just makes like cocktails and he talk and his the whole channel is about different cocktails and uh stuff like that um it's a it's a fun channel in the um in general cuz i just like i think cocktails are fun to make and stuff like that and he does some really fun ones with like pop culture references so he'll do like star wars cocktails he did dune cocktails cyberpunk cocktails dungeons and dragons stuff but then he also does like the very historical cocktails and like really gets into it and he's he's a really cool dude and he just recently made this podcast called midnight local him and his I don't know what she is, if she's his producer or like she's her. She works with him behind the scenes on this on the show. She used to um, her name's like Meredith and she used to never like interact with him on the show. He would like talk to her, but she would never respond. But recently she's like actually had a mic and interacted on the show. And uh, they went and have made a new podcast called Midnight Local and apparently they went to film school together oh. and so far the 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 podcast has been them talking about films uh but i've really enjoyed it because while they both are like film school people so they like know like a lot of like the filmy stuff they also just seem way more approachable and just like more normal like, casual person in their conversations about it. And, I don't know, I've just really enjoyed it. I've watched two of their episodes so far.
0: So even though they may be pretentious about films, they don't talk about it in a way that a normal person can't understand.
1: They, They don't even act, like, pretentious about their films. Like, about the films. They're just, like... I don't. They just. I like, actually think about the films and talk about like. Well, but this just doesn't work, or this just doesn't make sense and stuff. Like, um, the two that I've seen is the first episode, which is about the uh the return return of the living dead. Okay. Uh, which is fascinating because I learned so much about the history of zombies, which uh I didn't realize this is the first film in which zombies specifically are trying to eat brains. Yep. Um. And also, it's, like, horrifying. Uh, like, actually, when they talk about, like, how the zombies work in this film. Because uh, have you heard of this film? Do you know um, anything about this film?
0: Night of the Living Dead It's the original No, one? Return, or Return of the Living Return Dead. This is Return of
1: the Living Dead. So, um, see, that's the thing. Night of the Living Dead is the first time zombies are on film. That's Romero. Yeah. But he he wrote it with this other guy. I forget his name now. And they split after that film and they had this like kind of Genimals agreement where one of them got to keep the time of day and the other one got to keep living dead. So it hmm. starts with Night of the Living Dead, but then Romero goes Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, because it's supposed to be like, as the time moves forward. And then this guy had Return of the Living Dead.
0: Interesting.
1: So, no, this is separate from Romero. This isn't Romero. Um,
0: so what make, what's, makes this one different then? Because I thought Romero's being, like, first time zo- zombies on film, but Romero's were slow zombies, right?
1: Yes. So Romero had the first—he brought zombies on film for the first time. That, and that was, like, there was, like, undead kind of before, but— Romero's, like, the guy that coined the term zombie and, like, called them zombies and stuff. In Return of the Living Dead, Night of the Living Dead is an actual film that happened in-universe. Okay. Um, but is still fake. And then Return of the Living Dead, uh, um, they, the zombies are... Nigh indestructible. Like, a headshot doesn't stop them. You break them into small bits, doesn't stop them. Like, basically dissolving them in acid doesn't stop them.
0: Wait, what?
1: Yeah. Do they just become acid goo
0: that chases you?
1: (laughs) Yes. Uh, There's a guy named Tarman, because he's very gooey and melty. Uh, The the zombies are fast. Uh, They can think, and they can speak in coherent sentences. Oh. So like minor spoilers for this film, but it came yeah. out in the eighties. Um it, yeah, uh There's a point that apparently is, I've, I I still haven't seen this. I kind of want to see it now, but there's a, there's there's, this famous line apparently is that like these cops get called to check on these paramedics and they've been zombified and then the cops get zombified. And then one of the zombies goes into the squad car and just like leans across and grabs the, the, like the mic to dispatch and just like goes send more cops. Damn. (laughs) And then like a bunch of cops show up and they just get eaten. So no, it's a very bleak and depressing film. But it's like because it's not because like in other zombie films like there's like that hope at the end of like, but they're still moving forward. Like but no, like uh, even the worst case scenario in other
0: zombie movies is like oh, but you could still kill the zombies
1: yeah yeah and this one you can't um and it's apparently there's a lot of gallows humor and very dark comedy to it so i kind of want to see it but huh. that was a little bit of a tangent because i'm actually recommending the podcast that they talked about it yeah uh but then the other one that i saw the first one i actually saw was their episode on gla- glass onion Ooh. um uh, mm. which he the the guy that uh from midnight local he does he does not like glass onion um and honestly, all of his stuff about it is, I kind of agree after listening what to it. What did him. he like? Uh, just, like, everything about it. Oh. Uh, the, the fact that they change, how much that they kind of change Blanc's character mm. into, like, a caricature. And, like, the whole fact that the entire thing is, like, a cartoon and, like, all these jokes. And, like, it doesn't make any sense. And, like, I don't know. He does a way better job of explaining it. And I kind of agree with him. Uh, but yeah, I would recommend Midnight Local. It's a fun, like, hour long podcast where it seems like they're they have like a movie assignment, but they do go into tangents and talk about other stuff. Cause, like, for I don't remember which one it is now, if it was Return of the Living Dead or Glass Onion, they go on a whole, the small tangent where they talk about like drive and like stuff like that. Um, Nice. Uh, No, it's really good. And the latest one was, I can't watch it because I haven't seen the film yet, but they discuss uh, the Dungeons & Dragons movie. Oh,
0: you should watch that film.
1: I gotta watch the film and then I wanna watch the podcast. You gotta watch Mario. I gotta watch Mario too. I haven't seen it. I don't know if either of those are out here. (laughs) I'm surprised Mario wouldn't be. Well, films come out pretty slow here sometimes. Yeah, Mario is an American film, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's
2: illumination.
1: Illumination. There's only listen. There's not like an actual theater in my town. Fair. I think I think there's one, um, but they don't have a website. Uh, what are they playing? They're playing. Oh, they're playing the Super Mario movie. There you go. Okay. Uh, well, here's the thing. I I I assume it's in English. Well, and it's got subtitles, but it could be a dub. You never know. Take yeah, I don't.
0: How else well, do you think people learn languages?
1: Practice the language. Yeah, yeah.
0: Watch cartoons. That's how kids learn English. Well, those are some uh, some fun <laughs> recommendations I mean... right there. <laughs> yeah. All uh, right. Do we want to do a rework-rewrite? That's typically James. Otherwise, we can do How to Be a Better Buddy.
1: Do a what on a what?
0: Uh, Better Buddies re- uh, Rework-Rewrite, where we took those dumb, bad story ideas that we kept having and getting stuck on tangents about and just turned it into a segment that we do sometimes.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah, James and I came up... I think one of my favorites was that we came up with a uh, a story called Dairy Glen. It was going to be a series where a small Wisconsin town finds out that it is a gateway to the fey realm. Specifically the fey of Celtic mythology. And so the fey creatures begin integrating into the town. But like the fey... It's like the entire town is animated in one specific style. But all the fey creatures are animated in other different styles. Because they are different. So like... The druid from Faye would be animated differently from a F- naiad or a dryad would be di- animated differently from Finn McCool, the Crossing Guard.
1: So you're, this, so this is basically just a mini story break. Yeah. Okay.
0: They're not using it.
2: R and R, baby. You Look. can tell us how to make Glass Onion better.
1: Ooh. Uh. I can't do that. We'll have to listen to the <laughs> podcast to do that. Could listen
2: to this podcast. We could steal their things. <laughs> I don't
0: I don't know if I would like personally I liked Glass Onion, but I was very hungover. Mm. Yeah. I watched it yeah. on a plane. I watched it
2: so. New Year's Day. <laughs> Oof.
0: Uh
2: That was a little um jarred, I guess spoilers for Glass Onion it's been out long We're enough continuing down this yeah
1: direction. yeah well. um
2: but uh i was a little jarred by the twist in the middle
1: but that's kind of the point i suppose i i accidentally caught the whole like the ending and i didn't even realize that's what i caught i thought it was a goof i <laughs> thought it was a film goof i like went back and reround and i was like hey that that's wrong that's funny they did they like Cause, like, I guess, spoilers. Uh, when he switches the drink with uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. the with uh, Dave Bautista's character, like, as the first time I watched that, I caught it and I was like, "Hey, he grabbed the wrong drink," a- and I just thought it was a filming goof. Nice. And yes. then <laughs> I didn't even realize that, that was until like at the end, and then they do the flashback, and I was like, "I saw that." <laughs> you know, I gotta give him credit that they did
0: it like for real, though. That like they had him pick up the other drink. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Also you heard it first, Calvin is the best detective.
1: An unwitting detective. <laughs> I just I just don't know what I see. <laughs> I suppose that is the
0: key yeah. to detective work, is it's not a matter of seeing it, it's a matter of understanding what it is you saw. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I I think I noticed something was up with that too, but I don't know if I caught exactly that they swapped glasses. Because then they played the clip again later, but, like, with yeah, the guy's no, that's, version of that's, the
1: story. Yeah, that's what that's what made me go back. Actually, now that you say that, I forgot. That's what made me go back, is that he swapped glasses, and then he plays the story. He t- sells the story. I'm like, that's a different... No, that's not right. And I thought they just did it wrong.
0: See, and I thought something was... Like, I I think the only thing I really picked up on was the when Bautista shows him, like, look at these numbers. Like, this means we're going to get something out of it. I was like, okay, no, mm... There's something up with that. He's blackmailing him with something.
2: He did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I do think I probably would have toned down Blanc's character because Blanc spent a little too much time for me being like, why why am I here? Like I understand you putting on a performance, but like you didn't have to do that to put on that level it's of performance. True
2: because in it, hindsight you realize he is intentionally putting on report, a performance because he's not supposed to be there.
1: Yeah. Also, uh I do remember one of the criticisms that the podcast has is that it's just dumb. Everything is like dumb and even the twist is just stupid and not like haha stupid, it's just like stupid because it's like literally the guy you think it, it like is obviously going to be the guy that did it.
0: To be fair, That's, I would argue that plays into the theme of the movie though.
1: No, I, and they do talk about that in the podcast. I just yeah. I don't actually remember a lot of what they said. Um and they're way more articulate than I could be about it, so Fair. I do. I do remember one of his big things was about the whole fuel source thing is that one, apparently it's not actually that big of a deal because everyone's standing in the middle of the room when it explodes and nobody dies except for the, and the only thing that happens is the house burns down. So apparently it's not actually that big of a danger because your house can explode and you'll be fine.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: but the other thing is that the fa- he, he gets really annoyed on the fact that they call it hydrogen. Oh. And it's like, but why is that bad? we have hydrogen now we can contain it like this isn't like a, gra- a like game-changingly dangerous thing <laughs> like we already have natural gas in our houses yeah and he was like if they had just called it a magic diamond that generates power i would have been okay with it but the fact that they called it hydrogen
2: <laughs>
0: eh, i don't know i'd argue it's just the like it's a quick rule of thumb for the audience of like hey look it's hydrogen you understand that's something that can explode right
1: there you go yeah but you can do that with like other things and like hydrogen i don't know i kind of agree with him
0: all right well let's do our next segment then i think we got on that tangent that was pretty good we're getting close on time oh
1: more tangents
0: woo tangents Let's round up those tangents. Take them back to the tangent farm. yee They've been out on the prairie long enough. Bring By them the home. way,
2: happy Wild West Wednesday, listeners.
1: Ooh, and you... Is that a thing? Or did you just make that up? Yeah, I made it up. Okay. But it's a thing I don't now. Know There's so many things nowadays. Also, excuse you, it's Thursday. Um, well, that's true. Only I'm for also you dating the travelers.
0: recording session.
2: <laughs> Happy Wild West Monday when you listen to this podcast, people.
0: <laughs> our next segment, How to Be a Better Buddy, where we give some real and some humorous advice. Our first question this week. Men who have worked on themselves, what did you do and why? Men don't work on themselves. Next question.
2: I was like, are we <laughs> capable of answering this question?
1: <laughs> <or>? <laughs> um uh, if I uh, work on yourself, are you asking like when are we got our cybernetic implants? Or... <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. yeah, you know, but I got I got, I got scheduled I for me. a professional for that. I don't do that myself.
0: <laughs> I'm getting some subdermal subdermal uh, armor implants. Just kind of I make really want to
1: get. I, there is an actual implant that I want to get, but I'm just too wimpy.
0: What, like the fingerprint unlock the... thing, or what?
1: I want to get the RFID like chip embedded in my hand. You don't want that. I do want that. I really want that. Someone's
0: gonna biohack you. And you're going to regret it. That's not how
1: that works at all. (laughs) I promise it is.
2: I read enough comics. What what would you even use it for? Just as like a key fob? Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, back when I was in like the States, my apartment building had like a key fob entry. So I was going to clone that. So I didn't have to carry my key. And then also I had a card to get into work. So I could have cloned that and I could have just used that to get into work. Um, It made more sense when I actually had key fobs in my life. Now it doesn't. Uh, but you can get a chip that's got NFC capabilities as well.
2: Why would you be able to write to it
1: after yes. it's already implanted? Okay. Yes. Um. It depends. I learned a lot about RFID from researching this. So some RFID are read only or only are write once. So they're basically read only. Uh. Yeah. Uh. But this one would be read write. Um. But it's it's there it. RFID is weird and kind of antiquated technology, yep. uh, so it 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 does make it somewhat difficult, and depending on the RFID, you might not be able to uh, generate the correct frequencies, but for a lot of them, you could. So I would have had to play with it, and I would have had to have gotten a special thing, but yes, you can rewrite it while it's implanted.
0: Neat. <laughs> okay. Um... For a slightly more serious answer, I just mostly thought about me. Serious answer. I got very self centered.
2: (laughs) Uh, I mean, I I wouldn't say self centered. I mean, you got to advocate for yourself. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it it really was just kind of that, like, thinking about myself. I'm like, okay, I just had this thing happen and I reacted this way. Why did I react like that? What was the. Like, what was the input that led me to react this way? What was the outcome? Was I, Am I okay with that outcome? What would I like to do differently? And also yeah. some of it's like trying to learn to trick your brain. Like, I would, I would say getting into my workout routine is something that I, like, had to work on. And it, like, I'd been jogging on and off for a few years beforehand of, like, over the summers and stuff. But it was really kind of getting that, like, okay... I have access to the facilities and the equipment and the everything. I just need to commit to going and make yeah. it part of my routine.
2: Why'd you do it? Why'd you do it,
1: man?
0: I guess the question is, why does anyone want to improve themselves, right? You, you don't like what you see in the mirror, you don't like what you're experiencing, and you want something better for yourself because you deserve better. And that's particularly in an instance where the things that aren't better are under your control.
1: Mm. And for the shallow answer, the ladies.
0: all <laughs> oh, the ladies! <laughs> <laughs> for the funny part I'm taking them away
1: with a <laughs> stick. And to break up the serious response... <laughs> I literally have to turn
0: off my phone every night because I'm getting so many booty calls. <laughs> there you go.
2: Oh boy, <laughs> we went from a very genuine and sincere answer.
0: To <laughs> it's the sex.
2: Ugh.
0: John, do you have any thoughts?
2: I do. <laughs> I do you know have any how you many share? I want to say in like a podcast form? Um. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's hard. Um, Like, I have been at points in my life where I won't even make a nice meal for just myself, because it's just me. So, like... like... (laughs) And I'm kind of still at that place. There's (laughs) work to do.
0: I would argue that's a little different, though, right? Like, what What does a nice meal mean?
1: Like, actually making a meal that isn't just scrounging chips from a bag.
0: But... (laughs) Let's be real. Cooking is not something that is easy to do for a single person. Like, if you want to make a meal, uh, a lot of recipes are aimed at, like, four people.
1: I I would argue, though, that just even, like, actually making food (laughs) is what I would be talking about. I don't know about John, but what I I, I relate in that there have been times where it's just, like, I just am just not going to eat. Or... I'm just gonna, like, eat this, like, handful of cheese and call it good. (laughs) Because I can't be bothered to do anything.
2: I guess mine is more like, it might be wrapped up in trying something new, too. Mm. Because, like, before the podcast, we were talking about um, making curry. And, like, it would be something novel, something new, something nice. And I just haven't brought myself to do it. Um and I guess in that case, it's mostly fear about getting the wrong ingredients. But like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just me. Why should I push the boundary? You know.
1: So. No, I feel that I also get into like my ruts of like. Well, I mean, I eat the same five meals. Mm-hmm. I've had the same five meals for the past year, pretty much. Like, yep. I don't vary it. i i I find my set routine. And then it's very hard to leave it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I- I'm basically the same boat. I think that's
2: a lot more common than we might realize. Like, yeah, <laughs> probably. I've seen a HelloFresh ad before with that uh that tagline. Like, I make the same five meals all the time. I've tried HelloFresh. No, I'm break special. Out of that.
1: I'm unique. <laughs> Nobody does this. <laughs> well, I think. No.
0: I would just think back to my own, like, childhood, right, though, of, like, my family would have the same roster of like, eh, let's say about 10 meals that we would usually do. And then every so often it'd be like, Oh, we've eaten the same 10 meals every like 10 days for the last three months. Let's do something different. Mm. And so I think, I think it's not that big of a, I think it's okay to have the same stuff like in rotation.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, and this has kind
2: of gotten off the point, I think. But like, the, there's all the things like I have the ability to go and work out, and I don't. I have the ability to have like a <laughs> normal sleep schedule, and I don't take <laughs> advantage of it. So like, you know, well, and this is don't a rhetorical treat question as, well as you would another. But
0: this, I think this is a, this is a rhetorical question, just because I think it's worth thinking on of. The question is, who have worked on themselves, what did you do and why? But I think the question you need to ask yourself first is, what do you want to work on? Like, mm-hmm. it's one thing to do all the, like, self-improvement stuff, because that's what you're supposed to do. But it's a lot more meaningful to work on the things you want to improve on, or that you want to change in your life. Not what people say you should change in your life.
2: But how do you know what you want? <laughs> yeah, think about what it.
0: That's the problem. Or listen to what everyone else tells you. Yahoo no, and it. Google and all the review things will tell you exactly what you need to think. Mm-hmm. No, Google, I did not ask for your help. Yes, he, <laughs>
1: yes, he did. Yes, he did.
2: I, I guess at the end of the day, it is kind of a, a level of introspection that you need to develop. Um, that I don't feel like I have right now, but... That's fair. You know, it's easy enough. It's... <laughs> the easiest it's ever been to distract yourself from the hard questions oh yeah it is
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: our next question speaking of hard questions it's just moving on okay <laughs> do you think that it's normal for people to socialize by gender if yes why with the further details example you're at a party of both men and women and it eventually splits into a group of men talking and a group of women talking
1: i think yes i think... mainly
2: just because of shared experience
1: yeah, I don't think there's any problem with like talking with whoever the heck you want, but I I think it'd be dumb to ignore the fact that there is kind of a natural tendency to drift that in those separate paths, because like John said, just like shared experience. Yeah. Shared
0: experience. And like the the shared experience thing though is really interesting uh when it if you look into like LGBTQ issues and topics at all. Because that's one of the questions that pops up to kind of, not kind of, to like limit and restrict trans individuals is the like, well, you don't share our exper- the experiences of like, quote mm. it, a quote-unquote real man or real woman.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. And then that also transfers over when it comes to the question of like transracial and that debate is the like, well, you not ex- you don't experience the shared experiences of being whatever race you say you identify as.
2: Mm.
0: So, like, on the one hand, it's absolutely true, right? Like, there are the Mm -hmm. shared experiences of men and women and what have you, which then leads to, to, like, drifting towards those groups, because they understand better. But then also the people who are trying to be a part of that group don't necessarily have that, but are trying to
1: in a way. Well, I think there's also an undeniable superficial aspect to it as well. That is just kind of naturally ingrained, not saying it's right or wrong. Just, uh, I think you can't deny also that you're going to kind of drift towards the people that you visually perceive similar to yourself. So in this case, it might be gendered, but I would also argue that it's going to be like, uh, Uh, it's probably going to be socioeconomical. It's going to be how you perceive their uh, interests lie. Like if you're into like country music, you're not going to naturally drift towards the crowd of like punk rockers probably. Uh, Like, so I think there is like a visual aspect that people just naturally judge people on. And that's also going to play that aspect of it.
0: So that may, that gave me a question of what do you, I, I don't, I'm sure there's research out there on it, but like, what do you think is the predominant like this is what will what trumps what when it comes to who you'll socialize with because like we're asking the question asking is like on gender but would for example music interest trump that or would gender trump music interest
1: i think it depends on the most superficial aspect that you can see again visually yeah i think because because without talking to someone how can you know anything so you're just going to rely on that visual aspect and that's going to be your first indicator
2: yeah I think context is heavily involved here mm-hmm. Absolutely. the situation all the parameters gotta
1: get all the parameters
2: you guys ever think about that how you could just be like best friends with someone you passed on the street but you have had no opportunity to engage with them so you'll never know
1: it could oh, have been man. your
0: soul <laughs> that's that's literally the question that the multiverse idea is founded on is the what if mm-hmm. yeah. that you take a left instead of a right you step on the butterfly or you don't you befriend someone
1: or you, you should don't. never step on the butterfly Always why, why would you the want butterfly? to kill a butterfly why are you trying to advocate butterfly murder
0: i advocate <laughs> for multiple timelines change them when mm. you
1: can <laughs> oh no, then turn left don't step on the butterfly
2: he wants to maximize the number of timelines he creates. Maximum
0: timeline creation, breaking and she, sacred everybody's timeline. Everybody's goal
2: in life. <laughs> maximum deviance. Maximum. From...
1: maximum.
0: <laughs> I mean, that kind of is, though, is the goal is, like, you want to have the maximum number of deviations because it means you're taking an active role in your lifestyle. You're making right. more choices.
2: You're having an effect on the world. Is it a good
0: effect? <laughs> Uh, that's for the history books to decide
2: that's a different question yeah you don't get to decide that (laughs) that's for the peanut gallery
0: speaking of uh how things be different our next question is how different would society be if duels for disrespect were still legal and permitted with the further details sword duels only if someone insulted or disrespected you publicly you are allowed to slap them with your glove and challenge them to a sword duel
1: Does it have to end in one party dying? The question does not say, so I
0: think we can do both routes. I would also posit that I think people would just create more sword guns.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Technically a sword.
1: (laughs) People would cheat. Also, presumably that this is now a cultural thing in that dueling is the socially accepted method of arguments uh is it legally permitted are we just going to assume that still legal like if you and illegal
0: no no, no it's uh, it would be st- we still legal l-e-g-a-l so it would oh, be that. Okay. allowed by the law for you to slap somebody with a glove and challenge them to a duel and however as long as it's i suspect an official murder duel. would not be allowed and it would qualify as murder and or manslaughter so i think it would be not to the death
1: i well i don't know because i feel like back when dueling was allowed as long as it was like you had your well, that was part of why you had witnesses wasn't it to say that the person died in a duel like in a fair duel
2: mm-hmm. yeah but you got to turn the the doctor around so they can have deniability
1: all right <laughs> hamilton um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> seven yeah seven sure uh i I've
0: i think there would be
1: hamilton. Um, i
0: think it was honestly escalate uh like class issues because probably those you we have a better sword <laughs> yeah better sword better training uh, like
1: well that's what it always was wasn't it it was always the nobility that dueled the peasants never dueled the peasants, peasants just like x each other <laughs> yeah
0: or but or like extrapolate other. that out to the present day <laughs> or, where like it'd be theoretically easier for a peasant to get a sword like you and I could go buy a sword and we could duel
1: people
2: he did
0: (laughs) (laughs) but then like it goes back to that training and better swordsmanship and better sword qualities where like yeah you maybe could do like challenge like jeff bezos to a duel and like try and take him out but also like he'll have a giant robot suit to go with his
1: sword well, you also have to accept the duel. It's not just that one person gets to challenge a duel, and now you're forced to duel. Like, the slapping of the glove is the challenge. The person has to pick up the glove. That's where True. pick up the gauntlet comes from.
0: Now that would be some self-selection, though, on humanity's part, of the people who challenge and accept duels, removing themselves from the gene pool. Yeah, Theoretically, or well, I mean only the, the people who win challenges staying in the gene pool. That might not well, be great. also,
1: also, do you have? Or do you go by the rules of challenges where you're allowed to submit a champion to fight in your stead? Ooh, because then we're talking. Jeff Bezos has like a Bruce Lee guy on. I nominate call. Jeff Bezos as my champion, <laughs> <laughs> and they're forced; they have no choice. <laughs>
2: yeah, honor, pr- honor requires it. I don't think you could get away with that.
1: Yeah, that would be.
0: Imagine being the second though, like you're you're in the duel, but and you've got your sword at the ready. But it's like, okay, <laughs> I really hope I don't got to do this.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did not. I did not uh, challenge this duel. I'm here to support my friend. I really hope they just win. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Aren't the seconds there to, like, try to negotiate
1: All so right, that the duel doesn't it's have to happen? Straight to I, I, I actually don't know. know. I don't I don't
2: know. Dueling um, is from um, Hamilton's. So. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: understand- <laughs> I'm
2: getting some of
0: my information from John Wick number four, and I believe the seconds are there to step in if necessary to uh, ensure the duel can be finished. Uh, for example, if mm. you are injured but not to an extent where the duel could like be concluded.
1: Alright, I've found the official rules according to the Library of Congress.
0: Oh, there's rules in the Library of Congress.
1: Yes, Code of Honor, or the 39 articles with an appendix showing the whole manner in which the duel is to be conducted, with oh, amusing God. anecdotes, illustrative of dueling.
0: Nope. Nope. We're not doing you that you on, start a on
1: dueling air. Club?
0: <laughs> Unless you can tell me right now what the job of the second is, we're not
1: reading this. Article the eighteenth: No gentleman may notice the insulting language of an inferior.
0: Oh, but, so you can only challenge those
1: who are of your same status. Your seconds must not be your seconds must be cautious not to place you facing the sun or a strong wind, nor with any object such as a cow or horse or house or rock or tree, ranging nearward of you within the distance of two hundred yards. Oh, this is pistol dueling. Yeah. Yes.
2: No, you're gonna throw your sword 200 yards.
1: Hey, maybe if
2: I throw a swords. Oh, here shoot someone swords. says
1: in the comments. Fascinating. Did the same rules apply to dual spot with swords? Thanks for your question. The author never specifies a choice of weapon, leaving that to the combatants. So it seems as though the ge- the same general rules of engagement could govern a duel with swords or knives.
2: Interesting. Yeah, I would imagine you wouldn't want those obstacles involved in a sword duel either. I don't like, know. I kind of want an to cower away. <laughs> <laughs> you, you must balance on top of a cow both of you
0: that's some serious like uh, pirates of the caribbean sword fighting shit right there
1: mm-hmm. oh article the 17th for a direct insult to a lady no apology can be received
0: whoa so if you, someone insults your woman you you just can't take the apology you gotta go fight
1: him yeah. Damn. Should a gentleman, article the 16th, should a gentleman strike another for a verbal offense, he can afterward require no apology for such offense. But should the blow be returned and he be injured or overpowered in the contest, an appeal will lie to the duel. I don't understand what I just read.
0: Uh, So basically, if he hits you back, you gotta fight. Okay. All right, well... I think that's a great spot to end on is here's the rules to go enjoy your duels, kids.
2: We're gonna have uh, a lot of accompanied reading to this week's podcast. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Neat. That's what everybody wants, (laughs) a multimedia experience.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Stimulate all the senses. Well,
0: thank you both for joining this week. Thank you for having us. Yeah. There it is. Uh, thank yeah. you to the band Problem of Interest <laughs> for letting us use the song Living in the Moment off the album Cross Off Yesterday. You can find them on iTunes and Spotify. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. We're also on social media. Our Facebook is Better Buddies, where we have our Meme Mondays, and we'll be t- posting the pictures from this episode. Our Twitter is at budcast, using the hashtag BetterBuddies when you tune about the show. And our Gmail account is BetterBuddiesCast at gmail.com. You can send us fan art, hate art, fan mail, hate mail, declarations of love, and or war Icebreakers you want us to stay answer, or questions you need advice on, and last but not least, be a better buddy.
2: <laughs> Calvin, I need your help to uh, encourage me to make this curry that I've had the uh, the cubes for for like a month now. Ooh, uh, <gasps> I'm scared of <laughs> cooking chicken still.
1: <laughs> oh, just oh. cut it small enough, and then um, in the pot, you're going to make the curry in. Toss a little bit of oil on the bottom, and then just cook it until the outside is, like, brown. for the, like, It is, like, colored, and it's mostly cooked through. Um, if you want to check, just break one open until it, you should be only a faint pink in the middle. Um, or you can just do a temperature probe, and as long as the thickest chicken is over 160 degrees Fahrenheit, you're safe. 165?
0: Yeah, it's 165, I thought.
2: I'm also, like, unsure how many potatoes and carrots I need. As many as you want. I I
1: always end up going too much. Um. I don't want to buy too many. I would say, of, like, the bigger carrots that you chop up, one or two Okay. And then, like a one, one good sized potato. Okay, that is helpful. Thank you.